0: I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom
1: worked for me.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Well, we've got Christina Foxwell here with us now. How are you doing?
1: I'm um, good. Thank you. Thanks, Toby. Thanks for um, yeah having me on the show.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. Now, first of all, your new growth guide, how would you sort of describe what it is for people that might not have read
1: it? So the new growth guide, the Grow Me guide that um, I've written and obviously publicized Mm. is really there to help people um, get unstuck from Mm. some of those things that I think we're all experiencing at the moment, which is, you know, struggling with our reflection of how we're seeing our world, uh, possibly wrestling with some relationships Mm. and really just needing to find a way to grow or to get out of it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And I suppose this year, a lot of people, have been trying to improve themselves in a way because perhaps they've had a little bit more time to focus on their mental health as well as physical health and everything that comes with that.
1: 100%, 100%. Yeah. I think us as people, it's so easy to go, oh, I think I'm going to change my world, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, or I'm yeah. going to, um, you know, start going to gym. But we still don't change some of the crazy things that we go through. Yeah. And so that whole mental fitness piece and being willing to really start having a look at how we can change some of the things that we keep going through in our life is really, really important. And the guide has a whole section on how to shift our mindset from being negative into being more present and positive. And I think all of us need that right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you've written in the book about a lot of your own personal experiences. So I take it your own Uh, life is kind of what inspired you to go ahead and write the book
1: absolutely um i'll give you this analogy we can't give what we don't have Yeah. and my job is to help people uh, be better leaders organizations build better cultures and then i realized well we've actually got to start with each individual person and as, as i started doing the work i realized i was far from where i needed to be yeah. and um, so i did a lot of work on myself and how i see my world And how I work every day and how I, you know, am the best version of me or I am actually me. How can I be the best of me? And really, that's what inspired the book. And that's why I tell my story, because I think people need to know this isn't just some you know (laughs) fruitcake ideas we're giving people but it's real um, simple tips and techniques to shift the way we see our world and to start being more in control
0: yeah and in terms of how you worked out the solutions to growing people and stuff did you have to do a little bit of research or was it sort of a combination of your own experience as well
1: I do stacks of research yeah loads and loads and loads of research actually at the moment I'm going to count how many books I've got on my desk here One, two, three, four, five, six. wow six new books that I got uh, seven actually um and so I, I I listen to um author interviews I do research I've got some thought leaders and um speakers and researchers that I follow um and I just think that it's fundamentally the work I'm doing. I'm trying to make it easy for other people. Yeah. No one's else is going to sit and read seven books, are they? No. Um, and try and understand how does that relate to my life? I'm trying yeah. to make it easy so that even people that, and I've got dyslexia, yeah, Toby. Uh, so for people that struggle to read and struggle to sit down for a long period of time, it's a simple pick it up, read, write a few things, put it down book.
0: Yeah. And because of your dyslexia, I take it that it's been more of a struggle to write a book than on average it would be.
1: 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, I often find that in order for me to put my thoughts down, I can articulate them really well. Yeah. When I write them, I have to read it 100 times because mm. sometimes the sentences just don't make sense yeah. uh, when I give it back. And I've got to go, what did I write? And, you know, for example, I could spell negotiation, yeah. probably 10 different ways. Mm. And it doesn't mean I don't read. And it doesn't mean I don't love learning. It just means my brain works differently. Yeah. And I see things differently. Mm. And I think, you know, we should probably take the stigma away. But people with um, Dyslexia, like myself, we really struggle to do really brave things like putting something together like a book.
0: Yeah. I suppose, thank goodness for spell check these days. It'd be a nightmare in previous years.
1: Thank God for Grammarly. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I think it's been an absolute lifesaver. And even in the business I run, um, my whole team have got similar. Challenges to me, and we've just got Grammarly for the whole team. Yeah. And so we actually feel a lot more confident. Yeah. And
0: because you write a lot of the book talking about your own personal experiences and in the first person, in a weird way, yes. when you read the book, it sort of feels like you've got company and you're not lonely for the duration, which is quite nice.
1: I love that you've said that because I wanted them to feel like I'm sitting next to them, mm. just sharing a thought, sharing, sharing some. Real reality, you know. And then from there, going, well, what do you think about your life?
0: Yeah. And I suppose the way that you've also put sections in where the reader has to kind of write down stuff and sort of answer a question sort of helps because it means that they're actually doing stuff. Because somebody could read this and not really be paying attention, so get nothing out of it. Whereas when they're having to do stuff, it's sort of almost guaranteed that their life will be better afterwards.
1: Absolutely. Um I don't know if anyone out there uh, has done any look into the neuroscience Hmm. Uh, basically the way i've written this book is the way i run all my group sessions for my clients and i get to talk to them to think and to reflect. And what we're doing is we're actually building new neural pathways so that we can start looking at our world differently when our brain comes to a junction point or when we're experiencing something. So I'm I'm glad that you found it interactive. I love it. I write in all my books, by the way, Toby. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And I suppose you mentioned that you have dyslexia, but this would probably be quite a good read for other people with similar issues because it's nicely structured. It's not just loads of white pages with text everywhere. There's nice pictures and it's sort of bullet pointed in places, which makes it very much easy to read.
1: And that was my intent i love color and i love pictures and i've written two books before this toby which are analogies of uh empathy and fear and belonging and they were stories about a unicorn and a puffer fish and my 17 year old son said please god can you not write another story with animals or with pictures (laughs) because your clients and adults aren't taking you seriously And I was like, okay, but I'm still going to be able to bring my creativity in. So less words, more pictures, more graphics, Help people think differently, yeah. reflections, simple questions just to answer for themselves.
0: Yeah. And it's 72 pages here, which, you know, it's not as big as the Bible. So it's no. very much <laughs> achievable to get all this stuff done quite quickly and change your life.
1: Absolutely. Only nine chapters. Yeah. This is the first of a few books, though, Toby. Yeah. The next one's called Free Me. Ooh. This one's called Grow Me. Yeah. Uh, and so Free Me just kicks off where this one ends. and it's the next layer of work to do on you
0: yeah and I suppose it's good to have levels because each time you finish the book you feel like you've achieved something rather than just put it all in the one book and that might put people off a bit I suppose
1: 100% and then if you do this work because it's such I wanted it to be like a guide so you can pull it off and go god I'm stuck again and I've got a chapter for example on Putting the shame bags down mm. or, you know, being caged with our own fear. And as soon as people go through that and they go, damn, I'm right here again. They can go back to the guide and reflect on the simple steps to shift through that space.
0: Yeah. So how long did this book actually take you to write when you started working on it?
1: Eight months. Wow. How many pages for eight months?
0: (laughs) It's nine, isn't it? Nine pages a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I wrote it and then rewrote it and then picked up all my mistakes and then wrote it again Mm -hmm. and then had my team read it. And so it's been a journey because of my dyslexia.
0: Oh, yeah. And I take it perhaps the coronavirus situation and lockdowns might have helped you have a little bit more time or has your schedule been relatively the same?
1: Toby, I'm based in Australia uh, and I've got family in the UK, Mm. but um, we have been pretty um, okay down here, uh, but we've just gone back into lockdown with the Delta virus. Mm. So um, I do, I spend time writing Uh, I started in lockdown and then my work schedule is insane because I call myself the open heart surgeon of organizations. As soon as there's an issue and people are really struggling, guess who their phone? It's not Ghostbusters. It's Ignite Purpose. (laughs) And so we go in and really support people and help them with their journey. Um, So I had to actually make time on weekends Mm -hmm. and evenings to sit and to reflect on what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. And I suppose the fact that you're in lockdown, you've probably got less cases than us, even though we are open, just because your government seems to be doing it better than us.
1: Well, yes, uh, we've gone into lockdown. I think we had 92 cases today and they've extended us for another two weeks in New <laughs> South Wales.
0: Yeah, I think we've got hundreds of thousands of cases. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> Our government is uh, risk averse to keep us safe and yeah. uh, you know, we've just kind of just gone, well, you know, we live here Mm. and we accept the goodness it brings, you know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess we're just in a weird place at the moment.
1: You are in a weird place. I think you, your lockdown's lifting entirely, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Well, the, the, there's no lockdown at all. There's no nothing.
0: Yeah, which is just complete <laughs> madness, which nobody really supports, I don't think, apart from the people making the decisions.
1: And, you know, it is economic-based mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. But I think, you know, Toby, to that very point we're all a little bit scared. And when we're a little bit scared, you know, all our gremlins show up and what a great time to learn more about who we are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in a weird way, we've had a lot of benefits from this, pandemic, like more time and being able to grow ourselves in this way, I guess.
1: Absolutely. I mean, um, I I worked with a senior leadership team a while back Mm. and the CEO said he felt lockdown was the best thing he'd ever had because Mm. he'd missed his wife Mm. and his kids and he'd managed to spend time with them, get to know them again. And I think maybe that's the gift. There's Mm. so many gifts, right?
0: Mm. Absolutely. I think some people, for some reason, feel guilty about admitting that they're kind of enjoying the lockdown. But I suppose it's great to not have any pressure from people to have to go out and do stuff.
1: True. Absolutely. Um, You know, we've all got work schedules Mm -hmm. and I think maybe it's the way the future is. Can we actually work to our work schedule, still earn an income for those of us who aren't actually doing like service? detailed service-oriented work and make a difference in our world. And I think that's really, really important. I mean, look at school kids, you know, they've evolved entirely. I don't Mm. think my 17-year-old son wants to go back to school. You know, if he can do it all virtual, that'll be great. Yeah,
0: I guess it's interesting. I suppose there's people that are in, like, the first year of school that were only in the building for half the year here, which is crazy.
1: Crazy, 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 crazy. And, you know, as I said, we've lived a really... Unaffected life compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. But then, of course, when we when we have a virus outbreak, then everything shuts down entirely. So we do a shutdown super quick.
0: Yeah, we kind of drip feed it. Like we go, right, you're not allowed in each other's houses. Now you're not allowed here. Okay, we're locking down now. And it's like, <laughs> come on, you should have done that in the first place.
1: Exactly right. You know, lock us in, yeah. make us, you know, kill the transmission piece, and then yeah. let us go about our lives. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Um, so it's an interesting thing. And what a good time, as you said, to grow me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you've written a couple of other books as well. Oscar the Puckerfish and Astra the Unicorn Finds Her Belonging. So can you just tell us a little bit about those of course, books okay. kind of who they're for?
1: I love that. They are called human stories. Yeah. I believe I'm an author that's going to make a difference in the world by retelling stories. You know, like if you think uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the, the, the elders in the village always used to tell stories and analogies of things. And that's where fairy tales come from. Um, I've started telling human stories. So the Oscar the Pufferfish is the story of my son. So my son got bullied in school. And uh, as his generation, I mean, he's 17 now, when he was 12, he just, it was tremendous. And he stopped going to school at mm-hmm. one stage. And he, he actually uh, couldn't even go to a shop with us. He was wow. petrified of people. Um, ended up in his room, ended up just gaming, yeah. which kind of happens. Yeah. Um, and so here the government, the, the, the you know, we got involved as parents and and it's the story of how he got through that terrible angst yeah. and how through love, empathy and acceptance for him, he can be better. And maybe that's the way we've got to be with people. Yeah. We've got to be able to see people for the good they are instead of judging them and being fearful. Uh, And it talks about popping. So popping is what we do when we get a fright or, you know, um, really upset with people and how we can get stuck with people in that kind of cycle, Mm. uh, which means we never see them. They never see us and we never have good relationships. So that's that Oscar story. And it really breaks down empathy. So I call it a human story. Uh, And I use Oscar in my practice where we teach people how to manage their pop you know, and they kind of do the puffer fish flap, and they all <laughs> laugh. Uh, the unicorn story is actually my story of belonging. So I was originally from South Africa. And I have, as you can see, everyone else can't see I've olive skin, dark hair, yeah. curly hair, actually, it's just blow wave straight today. And so I grew up in apartheid South Africa, yeah. where things were pretty hectic. And because I was slightly dark. Uh, sometimes I People would wonder what nationality I am. Am I black? Am I white? What am I? And so I really struggled to feel like I belonged. And that kind of built. And my whole story, the unicorn story, is how the sun and the moon, who are my parents, loved Astra. But she fell down to earth and she had to find her belonging. And so she thought she could be a zebra. Of course, I love animals. And the zebras laughed her out of the field because... Mm you know, they could see her horn and she didn't fit. And so she thought she could roll around in some mud, Toby, and arrive back on the on the savannah. And they saw her and they said, you smell and you're full of mud and we can still see your horn. You're not a zebra. Get away from us. And how she like really felt incredibly rejected. Then she thought she could be a monkey and swing from tree to tree, right? But that didn't help because she's got hooves and a tail. How is she going to do that? Like she can't do that. Yeah. Um, and she eventually comes across this eclectic bunch of animals Mm-hmm. who are all different and they bring out their difference and they're all accepting and they accept her for who she is. And as that happens, all her gifts that she has come to life and she actually saves them from a terrible thunderstorm. Wow! Um, and how they encourage her to be who she really is. Yeah. So that's Astra the Unicorn.
0: Absolutely. Quite inspirational yeah. stories there and things that are really important today and probably since ever
1: i i 100 agree how many of us go through our day and we feel like we don't belong yeah because we're trying to fit in or be like somebody else but actually maybe we should just be ourselves and find people who accept us for who we are yeah because that's what's going to make our world better
0: yeah and i suppose you mentioned about like growing up in apartheid south africa and how it's kind of based on that but i suppose like even people that haven't had experiences like that can relate in some way because everyone's felt that they don't fit in whether it's not as racist as that I suppose
1: no and you know what it's the dyslexia it's the colouring it's the it's the who are you Mm. it's the imposter syndrome it's the you know you arrive at your first job and you think oh my god I'm never going to be good here so I'll suddenly be like everybody else but I'm not like everybody else I'm me and when I try and be like them I'm really shit at my job (laughs) Um, so So I've actually got to be me to do my job well, um, and that's okay. That's what we want. So really, that's what I want people to start thinking about is how can we allow and maybe build a world where we as human beings can be better to each other, Mm. more gentle, more kind, more accepting. Yeah. And how can we stop judging and actually allow people to start really living their lives? Yeah,
0: for sure. And I just want to talk quickly about the podcast you host with your daughter, which is called Olive and Rice. What do you get up to in there?
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So I've got three podcasts. Carolise is going to love this, Toby. So Olive and Rice is... uh, the story of how crazy we are together. Yeah. My daughter's 25, and she, I was a single mom with her for many years. And she's married a Korean, and my little grandson is half Korean. He's yeah. gorgeous. And we just talk about all things insane, like yeah. the the crazy things we did while we were growing up. Um, while she was growing up with me, probably I was growing up too. I only had her when I was 21. Um, uh, God, the husbands I've had, the husband she has, yeah. uh, her Korean uh, favorite actors which drives me bananas uh, and you, people can hear it when we go onto the show we got to talk about that today yeah. um, but I think Olive and Rice is just a light-hearted way for people to come into our lives mm-hmm. and to see who we are and how much joy can be mm. between people. And, and it's really crazy. Is
0: olive and rice a family meal or something? Or is that just two random no. words you
1: She works with me. We mm. were sitting in the office. She said, oh, we're going to start this podcast, mom. And I was like, okay. And she's got a really pale skin. Yeah. And she goes, well, you olive skin, so we'll just call you olive and I'll be rice. <laughs> so olive and rice. There we go. Uh-huh. And when Josh joins us, who's my son, we call him Spice. Ah, nice.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so, you know, we kind of give everyone a bit of a, and we talk about the flavor. What was the flavor of this of this episode? So we try and be a little bit out there and yeah. have lots of fun. So please, if anyone wants a good laugh or to listen to crazy family humor, absolute um Joy to Darlene. And then I run two other podcasts. One is Human Stories and the other one's Grow Me.
0: Great, yes. And do you have any more books that you're thinking of releasing? Well, I suppose you mentioned the sequel to this one, but...
1: Which is Free Me. Absolutely, The Glass Angel, uh, which is about how it's the alchemy of... Our life yeah. so you know what alchemy is like when we turn some some something that's not precious into something that's precious like gold and so the, uh, the the glass angel story is how this angel falls and breaks and she finds this crazy journey and she becomes ninja barbie kind of that's what i call her um but then how she realizes that only through forgiveness and love for herself can she heal so that she can go out in the world and help other angels through her journey so that's the glass angel it's pretty cool and then I've got a leadership um, guide that's coming out too on how to lead a team and how to bring people together Um, I'll keep writing Toby
0: Absolutely. That's exciting stuff. Well, where are we able to check out all the books you've released and also the podcast as well, if we'd like to hear it?
1: Yes, please. So the podcast is on Spotify. Um, I think it's on Apple podcast, too. So the olive and rice is there. Yeah. So if you got olive and rice, I don't think there's another olive and rice. Um, <laughs> But the the one around human stories and inspiration, which is Ignite Purpose with Christina Foxwell, and then Grow Me goes with the Grow Me guide, and that's just Grow Me. So if they can't find it, they can just drop us a a mail. We are going on Kindle and Amazon Mm -hmm. in August. We're just finalizing with our support team to get our books up there. At the moment, they're available on www.ignitepurpose.com.au and it's a download. So you can just, um, you know, buy the book, download it, it'll you'll have it instantly, you know, and from there, you can just go for it and do your reflections and your learning. If you'd like a hard copy, and our books are beautiful, Toby, um, please drop us a mail and we'll uh, post a book to you to the UK.
0: Great. Thank you for coming on the show today. It's been great having you here.
1: It's been great to meet you as well. Thank you so much for interviewing me. Oh, so sof sound soft sound The Toby Gribbon Show